You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdet Nation, and welcome to the Locked on Saints podcast, your daily podcast covering the New Orleans Saints. We are brought to you by the Locked on Podcast Network, where you get to hear the local experts on the biggest stories, your team, every day. I am your host, Ross Jackson, and I want to start, of course, as always, with a big thank you and welcome to our newest listeners, whether it's your first time or your next time. I always love hearing from everyone that tunes in, reads, and follows, so know that you can hit me up on Twitter at RossJacksonASC, and of course, that ASC stands for AllSaintsConsidered.com, where you can find my, as well as other talented writers, articles, and podcasts, your source for up-to-the-minute Saints news, opinions, and analysis for Saints fans, by Saints fans. And I'm excited to bring to you today, I've got some clips uh, courtesy of the Jim Rome Show. Shout out to the Jim Rome Show for letting me use these clips. Give me permission. I appreciate y'all. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about some of Cam Jordan's comments on his production so far this season, as well as Drew Brees. And then we were supposed to have uh, a guest on today, but unfortunately he's unavailable. So we're going to push that to next week. So we'll do another throwback Thursday. The Saints team is starting off 4-1. and one. I want to take a look at what happened the last couple of times we started 4-1 and one in the Drew Brees and Sean Peyton era, and then we'll close it out as always by looking at the biggest news from around the league. All that and a little bit of land yet here on Locked On Saints. All right, so I want to pick up and get started right here with uh, some of the comments from Cam Jordan. He did an interview the other day on the Jim Rome show, which you can follow on Twitter at Jim Rome. They're on Instagram and everything as well. Uh, they were nice enough to give me permission to use these clips. So I want to start off with uh, here's a little bit of Cam Jordan talking about the biggest piece of news from Monday night, which was Drew Brees. You know, he's tuned out all all negative publicity or whatever or that that's not giving the accolades that he so deserves. It blows my mind that you know he can throw for 5,000 yards, um, the next you know, and has done so for four or five different times in his, throughout his career, and yet he still hasn't been a league MVP. I mean, there's there's things that just don't add up. It's just so refreshing to hear the leader of the defense speak so highly of the leader of the team and the leader of the offense like this. I mean, there's obvious, there's so much brotherhood and camaraderie amongst this whole team, but the respect between Cam Jordan and Drew Brees is just absolutely incredible. And I think that it's one of the things that really fuels this team and pushes them forward on both sides of the ball, always looking for improvement. Drew Brees, you know, in practice, he'll throw a pass and then he'll continue reading through his progressions. And then from that, other receivers have started pretending, you know, not, not pretending, but started working through their catching motions even if the ball wasn't thrown to them that's leadership cam jordan is always working the extra you know extra time is out there early out there late and he's going through all of his things and that inspires other players on the defense to do the same thing you have some clear leaders in both of those players and there are other leaders across the team don't get me wrong it's not just specifically the two of them but they're two big time leaders and so, so to hear the respect come out between the two of them it's it's just it's it's dope to hear and it's the kind of camaraderie you know the other thing that came up too was that cam jordan tweeted the other day i had mentioned yesterday haha clinton Dix was talking about how he felt that his career or his time in green bay was coming to an end and cam jordan tweeted out man it feels really good i've said it before i've been saying it many times it feels really good when loyalty runs both ways and so there there's there's loyalty there's brotherhood there's all of that amongst this team from 
front office to on field to ownership, everything. Gail, one of the most loyal people, you know, Gail was the first person to greet Drew when he came through the tunnel uh, at the end of the Monday night game to congratulate him on the record and everything, which was super dope. And so uh, it, it's just cool like to hear that from Cam Jordan. And also, I mean, it's kind of, you know, as somebody that has been sort of uh, championing the idea that Drew Brees should be considered in that greatest of all time conversation, particularly uh, my uh, my colleague and, and really close friend, Tyler McClatchy, who you heard a couple weeks ago, uh, talking about that exact same point, you know, he's a big champion of that too. And so to hear it come from a teammate like that and to hear Cam Jordan come out and say, you know, yes, he absolutely should be. It's just, it, it's dope to hear because I 100% uh, agree. And we'll talk a little bit, we'll, we'll, we'll brush up a little bit on that when we come back uh, after for our second segment where we're talking about our throwback Thursday because we're going to look specifically at one of the years that Drew Brees should have won the MVP. And now here's the uh, second clip of the show. It's Cam Jordan talking about his performance so far this season. I'm just trying to get one more hint. If I can get, you know, a half step faster, then I'm going to close in a lot more sacks. And I've already missed about three of them, and I'm kicking myself in the foot. I missed, you know, Matt Ryan sack late in the game. I missed uh, uh, Eli Manning sack, and I missed uh, Alex Smith sack already. So I'm over here really irritated at myself, which is only going to keep motivating me to try and be better for the next week. So this is a part of the defensive leadership that I was talking about with Cam Jordan. I mentioned earlier that Drew Brees throws the, pass, throws the pass in practice and he continues reading through his progressions and it's inspired other players to sort of do their own version of that. Cam Jordan is out here talking, you know, right now Cam Jordan has tied his best production over the course of five games. He's tied his best production in terms of sack numbers that he's had over the course of six games with five sacks. And right now he's only one off of the lead uh, for most sacks in the NFL. And so he's producing at a really high level. Right now he's producing more than just sacks as well. He's been big in run defense. He's been big in just putting pressure on the quarterback. But what he's most concerned about is the fact that if he had a half step on the three sacks that he missed, he's saying that he missed one in the one in each of the last three games, basically against Matt Ryan, against Matt Stafford, and against uh, Alex Smith. And so, if he had just a half step on those plays, then he could be at basically he could be at eight sacks if he if he secured all three of those and stuff. And and I I love that because that's the type of leadership that you know, you want to have, right, is constant improvement, right? You always sort of, you're always taking a journey for improvement. You never reach the place of, I don't need to improve anymore. I'm perfect as I am. Ideally, ideally, you don't reach that place. Ideally, you always push to be better and better and better and better. And that's exactly what Cam Jordan is putting on display in this interview. But he's also showing it out, showing it on the field. And it has been, it, it's worked for other players. I mean, you can see the improvement across this defense as Cam Jordan improves and finally he's not having to sort of be a one-man defensive line or sometimes I mean there have been years in the past 2014 15 16 where he's essentially been a one-man defense on his own trying to do what he can uh and so you know it's it's an incredible thing to watch and it's an incredible thing to hear him just talk about look I'm constantly looking to improve I'm constantly looking to sort of to, to match, you know, the same level, you know, to, to, to exceed the same level and exceed expectations. And I think he's well on his way to doing that. Right now, he's got a sack per game. So he's on pace for 16 sacks of the on the season. Will he keep that pace? Who knows? But at least, you know, he's on a great pace right now to go over double digit sacks yet again. 
uh, to, just like he did last season. And so uh, I'm excited to see where he goes for the rest of this season. And it was great like being able to share these clips. So thanks again uh, to the Jim Rome Show for giving me permission to share all of that. You can find the video clips. Uh, they're, they're each about a minute apiece as a part of the conversation between Cam and Jim. Uh, you can check that out on, uh, I posted both of them on my Twitter and I'm also gonna have an article coming out. I know I keep telling you all that, but I'm gonna have an article coming out that talks a little bit about, a little bit more in depth. Uh, it just gives some stats and comparisons about this is where these two players are. Uh, Cam Jordan and Drew Brees as compared to years before and things like that. And so keep an eye out for that. But uh, you can also just hit up the Jim Rome show at Jim Rome on Twitter. You can also find them on Instagram as well. Uh, all right. So stick around because when we come back, we're going to do a quick throwback Thursday. We're going to be taking a look at the last couple of times that the Saints have started four and one in the Drew Brees era and what that could mean moving ahead for this season. And then we'll finish it all up by looking at the biggest news from around the league. Get all of your NBA previews this week on Locked On NBA, six teams a day, five days a week, 30 teams previewed from the local experts on Locked On NBA. Follow Locked On NBA on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or tell your smart speaker to play podcast Locked On NBA. Look, I don't know about y'all, but I love to shop. The only problem is that I hate spending a ton of money. So wouldn't it be super dope if there was a place that you could go to discover awesome discounts on gently used clothes? Well, I got good news. There is Swap.com. Y'all have heard me talk about it before. You know I love it. Swap.com, the world's largest online consignment and thrift shop. With Swap.com, you can save up to 90% off of retail price on your favorite brands like Lululemon, Carter's, Nike, J. Crew, The Gap, whatever it is. Quality hand-inspected items are added daily, and if something doesn't fit, don't worry because you can enjoy hassle-free returns within 30 days. And not only is this a place that you can go to look good, you also get to feel good. Over 14 million tons of textiles are wasted each year, and shopping secondhand at Swap.com helps prevent textile waste from polluting the environment, which is something you get to feel good about. And now we have a special offer for our listeners just for you. Get 35% off of select items with your first order using promo code Locked On. Again, that's 35% off of select items on your first order with promo code locked on all one word locked on plus new deals every day on swap.com's homepage the place for you to go to do good look good feel good Welcome back, Houdet Nation. Coming up next, we're going to be talking about the biggest stories from around the league. But for right now, I want to talk about a throwback Thursday. And I want to take a look at something here. The Saints are now going into the week five bye week. I'm sorry, the week six bye week, four and one after their first five games. The last two times that the Saints have gone four and one in the Sean Payton and Drew Brees era were in 2006 and 2011. Now I want to start with 2006. 2006 was a tough one, got to the conference finals and then had their brutal loss to the Bears. But in terms of the regular season, the Saints racked up 6,264 total yards, 4,503 of which through the air, 1,700, just about 1,761 uh, it, it rushing. So if we look at what the Saints have achieved so far, which is 1,604, 1,604 yards through the air, uh, which, you know, includes sack yardage and things like that. And then we look at what that puts them on pace for for the rest of the season. It puts them on pace for 5,132 passing yards uh, on the season, as in at, by the end of this year. Uh, they've got f 516 rushing yards right now, which puts them on pace to get it about uh, 1,651. But of course, they have the added boost now of having Mark Ingram back. So the dynamic run game is back and hasn't been, wasn't present. Well, it was present in terms of 
Alvin Kamara, but in terms of the dynamic between Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram, the run game hasn't been present for the first four games. The run game that the Saints games that the Saints team likes to implore uh, that hasn't been in place for a, a little while. So. Uh, that definitely factors into the numbers, and we should see a little bit of a boost in the running game now that Mark Ingram is back. We'll certainly see a boost in rushing touchdowns, apparently. Mark Ingram coming back for his first game and then running at two touchdowns. So when it comes to the production of 2006, it looks like the Saints team is currently on pace, right? On pace is, is important here, uh, to exceed the production that they had in 2006. Now, the Saints did finish 10-6 and six that year. There's a good chance that they can go at least 10-6 and six this year. I would say they, they're on pace for a better record this year, although they do have some tough games coming up. But I want to jump over now to 2011. So with 2011, you remember that this is, this is a season that I've talked about a lot so far uh, this year on this podcast because I feel like the offensive firepower that we have on the Saints team right now has the potential to match that of 2011 or at least get close to that of 2011. So let's look at those same stats again, right? So we're looking at the the pace through the end of this year in terms of passing yardage being 5,132 yards. In 2011, the Saints racked up 5,347 passing yards, which is just absolutely insane. Uh, on the run game, which is where this really, this, this doesn't entirely fit. Like we're not really ma- measuring up at the moment. Uh, the run game in 2011, uh, yielded 2,127 yards. Of course, like I said before, we're on pace for somewhere around 1,700. Of course, that's not including the boost that Mark Ingram will bring. Uh, but I think it is reasonable to say that we could see a boost with that that gets us a little bit closer to last year's total, which was just over 2,000. I imagine that we might finish the year around 1,900, 1,800. Um, with the 2011 season, the Saints went 13 and three, and then lost in the uh, divisional mat in the divisional round uh, against San Francisco at home, 36-32. We all remember it. We were talking about it a little bit uh, going up against Alex Smith this past week. Uh, so when it comes to the offenses, there's definitely you know some somewhere in between that 2011 and 2006 uh, output in production are definitely possibilities. Now, as for the Saints' defense, in 2006, the Saints' defense finished 11th in total defense, allowing only 307.3 yards per game and 20.1 points. Meanwhile, in 2011, they finished 24th for that season in total defense, uh, 368.4 yards per game, 21.2 points. Right now, the Saints' defense is uh, sitting at, I think it's 20th? Yeah, it's sitting at 20th allowing 369 yards per game and 28 points per game. Now, of course, look, the deal is with this, I mean, you've got teams like Tampa Bay that are ranked 15th in total defense just in terms of total yards allowed, but have also allowed uh, 38 yards per game. So when you, I'm sorry, 38 points per game. So, you know, the Saints aren't in a bad position. And in fact, they're actually trending upwards because you remember we were in that conversation, a worst defense in the league yet again at the beginning of this year. Are we sitting around uh, three, sitting around 30, 31, 32, if it weren't, if it weren't for um, Tampa Bay and Kansas City at the beginning of this year. So the Saints defense is trending up just like the running game is going to be trending up. And I think we're going to see greater improvements off of both of those units just in terms of the personnel that's available. Hopefully Marshawn Lattimore is able to be a full go when we come back to game action the Sunday after this Sunday in Baltimore against the Ravens.
So with all of the evidence that I have available to me, the run game is trending up, the defense is trending up, the Saints passing offense is still as prolific as ever, the offense as a whole, as a whole is just as prolific as ever, I think that there's still a good chance that the Saints might be able to come close to the production that they had in 2011, or at least gain some kind of semblance of it. Remember that 2011 Saints team put up a total of 7,474 yards if we add the combined passing potential and the combined running potential based on what the output was through this first five games looking at the end of next season they're looking at landing around somewhere about 6,783 yards is there the possibility that they put their foot on the gas and continue and, and actually improve upon that I think yes uh, defense is not much a part of the game plan this year in the NFL and even the better teams that we thought were going to have amazing defenses aren't playing great defense you look at Minnesota you look at Los Angeles uh, it's not it's it, they're not the defenses that we thought they were going to be if I can reverse the the Dennis Green code a little bit uh, but I think that the Saints have the ability especially with the return of Mark Ingram the emergence of Traquan Smith hopefully he can continue to produce the way that he can and then Ted Ginn Jr. coming back from his injury will continue to stretch the field Cameron Meredith is getting more comfortable in the offense uh, Josh Hill is looking good so there's a lot of opportunity here and then that's all without even mentioning Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara and Drew Brees of course because Drew Brees it doesn't matter. He'll find a way to make Devery Henderson and Lance Moore Devery Henderson and Lance Moore, if you get what I'm saying. So uh, that's all I've got for right now for this throwback Thursday. I'm looking forward to seeing the continued production from the Saints offense in particular, as well as the continued improvement of the Saints defense, trying to get us back to the you know the greater good you heard uh, uh drew Brees talking after the game in the locker room about how you know he came back for one reason and so let's keep our eyes set on that one reason so he's got his eyes set on the super bowl the city has their eyes set on the super bowl the team has their eyes set on the super bowl and i don't think that there's anything wrong with that because this team right now if they continue to play the way that they have been playing over the last couple of weeks they definitely look like a contender and deserve to be noted as such just like they were in 2006 in 2011 among other years all right so stick around because when we come back we're talking about the biggest news from around the league yo does your fantasy football team need a jolt because if so we got you covered over here on the locked on network we got two shows that are perfect for you locked on fantasy football 24 7 where you'll get all of your injury news updates waiver wire moves everything that you need and locked on fantasy football with Vinny Iyer has a different expert every day from around the fantasy world Follow Locked On Fantasy Football 24-7 and Locked On Fantasy Football on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell your smart speaker to play podcast Locked On Fantasy Football. Is your company looking for new ways to reach new customers? Your company could be mentioned right now. Podcast listeners are 60% more likely to interact with the sponsors that they hear on their podcast. Our demographic is 98% male with more education and higher earning than traditional media sources. To have your company sponsor this podcast, shoot me an email at rossjacksonasc at gmail.com. All right, Huda Nation, welcome back. It is time now for us to take a look at some of the biggest stories from around the league. I've got three for today. One of them is personnel-related, two of them injury-related, all having to do uh, with the Saints in one way or another. The first one I want to start off is this personnel-related one. There's been a lot of talk about whether or not the Saints should try to make a move to continue to improve that secondary before the trade deadline. And there was somebody... 21st and Prime himself, uh, Deion Sanders is on his show, 21st and Prime on NFL Network, talking about the Saints trading for Patrick Peterson. Now, this didn't come unsolicited. This came from a question that said, that was basically asking Prime, where is it that you feel like Patrick Peterson should end up? And then Prime 
took his soapbox out real quick, dusted it off, set it down, stepped up, and then talked about how he needs to be in New Orleans and that the Saints should consider him in that for Sean Payton. He basically said, listen here, Sean Payton, you get Patrick Peterson and Marshawn Lattimore on the same team and you're going to the Super Bowl. And I got to say, uh, I can't really argue with that. I mean, you're looking at other secondaries from around the league. You look at um, Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Boye. You look at Marcus Peters and Aqib Tlaib. Uh, those are a, you know, a pair of very talented cornerbacks that are sharing the field with one another on their on their respective teams and right now I mean I love everything that Ken Crawley brings to this team I've been a big supporter of Ken Crawley when everything was going down with him at the beginning of the season I was in support of leaving him in and letting him figure it out because I knew that he would he's done it before and everything so I'm in no hurry to replace anybody Marshawn Lattimore right now with this concussion I'm 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 interested in keeping him sidelined for as long as we need to as long as Justin Hardy can continue to play the way that he's been playing and PJ Williams can continue to hold down the slot the way that he has been and Von Bell continues to play the way that he's been as well which I have no doubts in any of those circumstances Um, uh, but, you know, if the Saints did want to make a move, I think making the biggest move possible makes sense. Patrick Peterson is 28 years old. He's in the prime of his career at the moment. He's an LSU grad. Uh, you know, he's DBU grad. So he's, you know, he knows the area that the, the, the location is of interest to him, everything like that. And we still have a second second round pick to to move. And if you, uh, John Sigler, who you've heard on the show before, put out an article for, um, the Saints wire talking about how, you know, with the first round pick of next year, second round pick and third round pick, if we traded all of those, uh, you know, we've traded the first and third. And if we traded the second to get Patrick Peterson, then effectively our draft picks next year for 2019 are first round Marcus Davenport, second round Patrick Peterson, third round Teddy Bridgewater. And where are, are you going to be able to find with the first three picks that you have? Are you going to be able to find players better than that? Uh, particularly if, 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 as we expect, all of those picks come late, late, late in the in, in each round. Now, don't get me wrong, Alvin Kamara, we got you know uh, later on in the draft and everything like that. He was he was a second day pick and all, and so like we've had we've had success with that. Michael Thomas, um, Marcus Williams, both you know second round picks and things like that. But uh, and, you know we've had extended success in the third round as well, but we don't have a third round pick right now because we traded that for Teddy Bridgewater. So that's said and done. We have a second round pick that's left, and it's going to be a late second rounder more than likely. And so, is there anything wrong with moving it to improve the team right now? I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, so you know, we'll see what happens moving up to the trade deadline. I really doubt that they actually make a move for Patrick Peterson. It would be hell to try to fit his cap number. I think he's at 11, 11 mil this year and next and then he goes up to 12 mil the following year and so you know it'd be hell to sort of move things around to try to make it fit but i mean if anybody can do it it's loomis but i you know i don't see them making any kind of a big splash trade but like i said if they're gonna do it they should do the biggest one possible uh now moving over to injury news this is relative to the saints but it's not injury news having to do with the saints uh Devontae freeman has found his way back onto the injury report with a bone contusion after sunday's matchup uh for the falcons so remember he was unavailable in the uh, week three matchup against the Falcons in uh, you know, in the Georgia Dome. Or in, what is is it still called? No, it's the Mercedes Benz Dome now. My bad, not the Georgia Dome, but in Atlanta. You know, the the Saints did a really good job at containing Tevin Coleman, right? Because the Tevin Coleman experience doesn't really work out without Devontae Freeman, and Devontae Freeman had his game back, and it didn't go over too well. And so the two of them are struggling. That whole that backfield is struggling. That defense is struggling, of course with her injuries and everything like that. But, you know, we've we've played through injuries before and everything. So, I, you know, I'm not trying to give any excuses. But, uh, you know, Devontae Freeman not being a part of that offense definitely does limit 
the offensive potential over in Atlanta. Uh, Ito Smith and Tevin Coleman have found success. They had 170 yards uh, in week two together um, and everything like that. But, you know, they didn't have that kind of success against a top run defense like the New Orleans Saints. So, you know, worthy, worth keeping an eye on Devontae Freeman to see how his health is shaping up into next month. I mean, he's got an entire month before we play them on Thanksgiving, but there's still, you know, it's still worth keeping an eye on because he seems to have uh, a little bit of an injury bug this year. Uh, in other injury news surrounding the Saints, both Cooper Cup and uh, Brandon Cooks look like they're going to be back and ready to go this Sunday, which but which means that they're in pretty good shape to play a couple of Sundays from now uh, in on November fourth when we ha- when we host them uh, in New Orleans. And Marcus Peters is also saying that he's feeling a hundred percent. I think this is going to be a hell of a showdown between. Uh, the Rams and the Saints in the Superdome. It's going to be the first game back after the bye week and the road trip uh, to Baltimore and then to Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota. Uh, so it's, eh, look, it's going to be just a big time showdown. If you thought that the Vikings and Rams showdown on Thursday night was explosive, just wait until Sunday, November 4th, <laughs> when uh, the Saints and the Rams go head to head. Uh, on what will be an afternoon game, at least as of right now on Fox. So, all right, that's what I had for you today in terms of updates. Uh, Make sure you come back tomorrow. I'm going to be talking about my expectations for the rest of the season, as well as some, uh, you know, you'll find out who my offensive MVP is so far, defensive MVP, and some other superlatives from the first five games before the bye week. So make sure that you come back for that tomorrow. And then next week, we're back into game mode, getting ready for the Saints game at the Baltimore Ravens. So thank you so much, everybody, for coming through. Once again, I am Ross Jackson, and you can find me on Twitter at Ross Jackson ASC. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them find Locked on Saints on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever it is that you find your podcast. Just be sure to subscribe so that you know when the newest episodes drop every Monday through Friday. Rate, share, review, retweet. Thank you so much for all of your support. This has been Locked on Saints. And trust, who that nation? I'll holla at you. everyone, Jake Madison here, host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. Basketball season is upon us and big things are in store for the Pelicans after making the playoffs last year. Keep up with everything going on around Anthony Davis, Drew Holiday, and the rest of the team with the daily Locked On Pelicans podcast, wherever you get your podcast from.